Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for people who wear their socks to the shower. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler, what did we watch? We watched Better Off Dead. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Here's the thing. We're doing Cody's Corner, okay? (laughs) And you're out here making me watch things like John Carter, Transformers, Pacific Rim. Now we got a chance to watch a film, you know, a true, a true piece of art. That's what we're here for. That's why we're in my corner. An experience. And we did it. Perhaps the most artistic of all our films. How did, how'd it go? Why don't you tell me a synopsis of the plot? Oh, you weren't paying attention where you you weren't ready. It's a high school. It's 80s movie about high school. Yes. Which means it's just a couple months in a high schooler's life. Yeah. Pretty good. That's about right. Yeah. (laughs) I like this movie. That's why it's in my corner. This is a, a movie. I would describe this movie as... Ferris Bueller for losers. That's where I'm at. You know, most people, they're what they watch 80s movies. If you're a girl, you watch the Molly Ringwald films, right? You're like, I like 16 Candles. I like Pretty in Pink. If you're a boy, your 80s movies were Back to the Future, Ghostbusters or Ferris Bueller, right? I'm not wrong. Never seen any of those movies. Because you're not a child of the 80s and you'll never understand. Not Me? like you. I was born in 92, so I get it. No, I just, I didn't. This was my Ferris Bueller, okay? Better off dead. I loved it. It's delightful. I will not say it is a better movie than than Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but I will say it's my Ferris Bueller's Day Off, okay? It's a less cool, geekier, more zany version. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly. Does that click with you? I it clicks. The, the protagonist is white. He has black hair. Ferris Bueller's cool. This guy's a loser, <laughs> right? Right. How was it for you? This is good. Sorry. If you if you listen very carefully, you might you might even hear it clicking. That was your cue to click your pen, and you didn't. I don't have a pen to click. You failed I'm me. Sorry. I'm <sighs> sorry. We rehearsed it and everything. And I miss my cue. This is a great Your movie. Your cue sack? <laughs> oh, okay. I see what you did. I could have, I should have waited for a better opportunity for that, <laughs> but I, I couldn't. I knew you would swoop, you whipped it out. swoop you in. whipped it out. Appreciate it. Me. I love this movie. Do you? It's one of my favorites. It's dear How to my much? heart. Who would you murder for this movie? If this movie came to you and said, kill this person. John Cusack. I think... <laughs> You know, yeah, it's too pure. It, the world needs this gift of this movie more than we need John Cusack. I would say. <laughs> you would kill modern day John Cusack. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna kill. I'm not gonna go back and kill him when he was a baby. <laughs> I'm not a monster. Is that easy. what you're saying? You talk, but like, what year would you kill him? That's a good question. What year would you <laughs> remove life from John Cusack's face? All right. I would, I mean, when did Love and Mercy come out? I would say two months after 
11, 2013, I would say. You said a movie that is so far down on his, it's 2014. Yeah, I would have killed John Cusack six years ago, probably, I would say. So you would deprive us of Hot Tub Time Machine 2. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> is he a main character in Hot Tub Time Machine? Or there's no he... main, okay, there's one main character in Hot Tub Time Machine, and I'm pretty sure it's the Hot Tub. Okay. Well, I mean, there's you know, no there's a the group of guys. No, one of the no, there isn't. There's just a hot tub and then cameos for 90 minutes. You know it. You know it. Also, he's not one of the the guys in the hot tub, which I assume. Here's the thing. If you're going to have a movie about a time machine with John Cusack in it, why do you cast him as Adam? Why don't you cast him as John Cusack? It's like that movie is it This is the End, where it's just like James Franco and all of his friends at the end of the world. It's like every celebrity playing themselves. Doing yeah. cameos. That's what it, that's what it should have been. My favorite part of that movie is... Uh, this is the end or Hot Tub? No, this is the end. Mm-hmm. The better of the two, I'll say. I'll say it. I'm not afraid. <laughs> Go ahead, throw Who's your the... hot takes. You've seen that movie, right? Have you seen This is <laughs> no. the End? I've seen like two clips and a trailer. Oh, right. I'm going to have to look up the, the actor because I cannot. Which guy? Is it the lanky guy with black hair? It's the really nerdy actor that's in... Oh, no, you know who he is because he's the main guy in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. What's the actor's name? The Coppola? Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. It paints Michael Sarah as, like, the tough guy of Hollywood. Nice. That he's, like, the guy in the bathroom doing coke. And he'll be like, get my way, nerd, to the rock <laughs> and stuff. You know? And it's like really that. funny. You know what's funny is he plays the tough guy in Molly's game. So the whole thing about Molly's game is she runs like a super high-end poker game, secret poker game with like, and it's a true story, but it's like, so there's like a real celebrity that was like kind of the linchpin of like getting people into the game. And in the movie, it's Michael Sarah. Nice. She's just great. So it's Michael Sarah being like, I need more punk losers in here so I can, so I can grift them. So <laughs> like you win money off of them. Yeah. You know what a treat it is when he plays that kind of character. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's the best. I want yeah. And look, you, you just brushed aside Hot Tub Time Machine. We got to talk about this. This is also a movie I haven't seen, but I have seen the trailer, and I feel like that's the that's the move. Yeah. Because if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the best part of the movie, which is where the guy who plays... Is it Robinson? What's his name? The last name is Robinson. He's black. He plays The Office. He's... What's his name? Oh. um, uh, He sings, he plays, does the piano. Yeah. He play, He's very good. Nope. John Cusack is one of the main guys in Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh I take it all gosh. back. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Craig it, Robinson is his name. Craig Robinson is the guy yeah. I'm thinking of. Because in the trailer, they're like, it's, it builds up to it. It's like, it seems like it's some kind of, and he looks right at the camera, hot tub time machine. <laughs> You're like, oh, I got the joke. And that's all I needed. It's I feel some, like that's all I needed from the movie. From what I remember, that's much farther into the movie than you would think. <laughs> <laughs> With the title being what it is, like that's that's the whole thing, right? Yeah. My point is... Uh, Time Machine has a 63 on Metascore, which is pretty good for a comedy. Yeah. The first one, pretty good. The second one, not so much. My point is, I was wondering if you would cut Michael or John Cusack off before or after 2012. The movie, not the year. The movie being made in 2009. Okay. John Cusack has made several important... It makes me very upset that um, I'm thinking I'm looking at the wrong page. John Cusack has made some very important contributions to our society. First yeah. off, Gross Point Blank is supposed to be good. 
High Fidelity is a delightful film. I love it. Say Anything is fine, but it's iconic, okay? Just like Hot Tub Time Machine should just be a trailer for Hot Tub Time Machine, Say Anything should just be the poster for Say Anything. You know, just him mm. holding the boombox in the trench coat. We all know it. Oh, yeah. So we need those things to have happened, right? Yeah. Love and Mercy is very good. And uh, the movie 2012, I don't know. I don't know. We're... I don't know. I want Love and Mercy still. That's the problem. Remember that movie 2012? Remember that? That's the one where the world melts down yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. And they, they've got arcs. Fly the plane and everything craven caving in on itself. Yeah. Or something. Mm-hmm. Which... It's that's the scene that they have shot for shot in uh, San Andreas, I think. Yeah, nice. Here's the thing. They just reused all of that stuff in San Andreas, right? I mean, didn't they just because they just digitally put in the rock? Yeah. Over that movie. This is the thing, though. Wasn't that the pitch? Because it is these Hollywood, these California (laughs) doofs. You know, it's like the world's ending, California's ending. Those are the same thing in their minds. Oh, yeah. I mean, but he's not wrong. Yeah. Okay. This brings up, okay. We have to get into it because I need to ask you questions. Okay. Are we going to, do you want to get into spoiling the movie or get into? There's a lot of spoilers, so I think we need to cross the threshold. All right, here's the thing. Hop on these skis with me, Cody. Let's go down the K-13. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that system is because I thought it was diamonds. Wasn't it like, isn't double black diamond like the worst one? But in this movie, it's the K-12. Yes, which I've heard both of is them. that a different system? Did you ever go skiing? We went to school in similar place. You graduated, I got kicked out. But we both went there. That's the point. Um, I have been skiing? snowboarding once, but it was in California. Much like John Cusack in this movie. You failed me. Was it in Northern California? Southern, obviously. Then you're not as cool as John Cusack. I know that. But they're, they're in the vicinity of LA. Right? The, but they, no, they're in a small town. This movie was shot almost entirely in LA. Yeah. <laughs> which is no surprise, but they're like, it's a small town. I don't know where they're supposed Oh, they said Northern California. Yeah. There's supposed yeah. to be a small town in Northern California. That's the. This is the biggest BS that's ever been happened to the history of forever. All right. Is the way Californians divide North and South. All right. Because they're like, oh, are you? They're like halfway down Arizona. It's like, that's the line. Unless you're north of that line, then the line's slightly up. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And then you reach a point still thoroughly in the South United States where they're like, oh, it's all north and it's cold and, you know, rural. And it's like you go there and it's like, okay, it is not cold here and it is not very rural here. But you guys think it is. This is what you understand. Because... Okay, let's start at the bottom of California, the south, southernmost point. All right. Just above Tijuana, you get San Diego. Okay. Yeah. San Diego, just a few miles. I mean, San Diego butts up right to the border of Mexico. San right? Diego is the only place I've ever heard 
100% of the time is in South, Southern California. Well, it has to be. <laughs> exactly. It's touching Mexico. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not surprised if I could find someone that would argue that. Stop. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. San Diego, uh, to your point, obviously Southern. Yeah. It's as South as you can get in California. Okay. You get about an hour and a half North. You got Orange County. That's where Disneyland is. Okay. Right. You go up another 40 minutes or so. You have LA. That's the, the most populated part, California. Yeah. Four million strong. Okay. In LA proper, not to mention the metro. Yeah. You go north about 20, 30 miles. It's kind of it. Okay. <laughs> that's that's LA. And you yeah. go up and it just gets comparatively very sparse. Right. And then the towns get comparatively very small. And it's, it's just the five freeway. The five goes all the way, it goes bisects California vertically. Yeah. And you ride up that for five hours and you hit San Francisco. And that's where it's civilization starts again. <laughs> you drive east an hour and a half. You have Sacramento. No one lives there, but it's important because it's the capital. Yeah. <laughs> drive north a little ways. You got UC Davis. You go north a little more. You're in Oregon. No one cares anymore. <laughs> the right. part that's cold is San Francisco because it's in a bay. There's fog. It does get a little chilly. Right. That's it. And you have the mountains, which go through the whole thing. So anyway, what I'm saying is LA's so big, you know? Yeah. Once the towns start to get kind of small, you're like, well, that's it. Civilization's over. Yeah. And it doesn't start up again for several hours of driving. Okay, have you driven up the five? I have. I have, well, have I driven it? I think I've there's always a solid, been. There's a solid four hours where you're like, yeah, is this Victorville? This is awful. <laughs> like, where you're just driving up, you're like, this place looks like, not abandoned, but yeah. like getting ready to be in a Fallout video game. <laughs> where you're like, oh, there's like yeah. the gas station that's about to be abandoned. <laughs> and like, that's where a little warehouse where I could commit a crime. You know, like, that's yeah. where it is for a long time. There are a number of abandoned buildings. Because I, I would, I was... I have not. I don't think I've driven. I've ridden in the car. Yeah. Because I was a child. Yeah. After And then after two or three hours, once you're getting closer to San Francisco, that's when it's like, oh, I see orchards and stuff. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Oh, there's some vineyards. So, here, I mean. Here's my question to you. Where in this diagram you've driven, drew, drawn for us, where's San Jose? Because that's San where Jose. I've spent most of my time. San Jose is just across. Okay. So, you got San Francisco. If you go directly east across the Golden Gate Bridge, yeah. that's Oakland. We don't go there, okay? Yeah. <laughs> the only people that, that do Oakland are from Oakland, okay? It's yeah. its own bubble. It's like the Thunderdome of California, okay? And where's Fairfield? <laughs> you have to kill someone to get out, all right? Okay, anyways. Yes. But if you're in San Francisco and you cross the bay south, there's a bridge. I, th I don't know if you can drive online. You probably can. I've never been. That's San Jose. So right. San Francisco, cross the bay east, that's Oakland. If you go directly south, that's San Jose. Yeah. Which is for people who can't afford San Francisco, but are afraid of Oakland. Yeah. Or like my dad's family who have just been there since before any of that was a thing. Right. Like back in the day of, of the East of Eden, like yeah. that book. Yeah. Or his or my cousin who's just rich. So if you want to know where Victorville is, <laughs> which is not on that map at all, I got to go back down. Now we're in L.A. again. You drive directly east. You cross over the slightly green part of the Cajon Pass. You, you drive up the hill. Boom. It's super desert now. 
Yeah. That's Victorville. You stop there when your car breaks down so you can get gas, get a burger. Now you're on your way to Vegas. Yeah. So there you go. That's it. That's California. Now, is L.A. in North or South County? <laughs> is that is that where it gets is that where it starts to get touchy? L.A. is South. OK. L.A. is definitely South. Like if you split it in half. L.A. is like two hours below where the middle of California be at least. Yeah. California, it, like if you drove from San Diego to like the top of California, like the northern tip, it's probably like 10 or 11 hours, I would guess. Okay, but here's the thing. If I went to the sky, can you surf at LA? Are there beaches where you oh, can surf? Yeah. Now, if I course. went to those guys and asked them, are we in SoCal or whatever North California is? They would be like, we're in Southern California. <laughs> but if I went down to San Diego mm-hmm. and asked those guys, they'd be too stoned to answer. Exactly. <laughs> You don't just approach a man on the beach and ask him questions and expect to get, a, get answers. Yeah. My favorite thing explanation was from somebody from San Diego, and they're like, they don't you got speak San Diego. English in San Diego. That's what you don't understand. <laughs> yeah. If you walk up to someone on the beach in San Diego and you yeah. ask them, you have to get Google Translate out here, you have to pay a child in the street who's hucking, uh, what do you call them? <laughs> I don't know. What, what Elotes. What? <laughs> I don't know what you're A boy selling corn in the street. To pay him money to translate for you, it's a nightmare. But I knew a guy from San Diego. And he's like, there's San Diego. And then you drive north. And as soon as you see the sign that says leaving San Diego, you're in North California. That was like, and I was like, I don't think that's true. (laughs) Wow. Love that. And then there's you, and you're you're from Victorville, so you you know I trust your opinions on this because you're not part. I'm an outsider. I'm not part of the system. You're basically from LA, but not quite. (laughs) LA would never claim me. LA people from LA like wouldn't claim. I had a friend from Orange County, and he was just like, "Oh, those people with a 909." They had a name for them. People would like to, or maybe it's my friend from LA, but he's like, "Yeah, people with the 909 area codes are the worst." I'm like, "I'm from even farther than that." (laughs) We're from, you know. I mean, like, have you seen the hill? The hills have eyes. That's what people think of people from Victor. Like, if from LA, you're like, oh, those poor abandoned souls, <laughs> the cannibals. <laughs> I was say you live closer to LA than the last guy I knew from that region. Yeah, who was basically from. I think he. I think he lived five or six hours outside of LA. Mm-hmm. And he would just tell people he was from L.A. I know people like that. Yeah. We're just like, like, you're not. You're not from L.A. You're not even from the metro, really. Like, you're basically not from California. Sometimes it's just easier to say that because people, not many people ask for like, oh, where are you from in California? But it's such a big place. You know, it's like the third biggest state. It's got the most people. So sometimes just like, I can't. Yeah. You know my explanation. How would you explain where Victorville is? Have you heard me say it? Halfway between L.A. and Vegas? Yeah, that's it. Where you more stop for more gas. correctly, it's halfway between San Diego and Las Vegas because it's about two and a half hours to both. Because I'm only an hour, hour and a half, hour and a half from LA. But anyway, that's how I explain it. Yeah. But and literally, we'll... like, there's a 10% chance people will tell me, like, oh yeah, our car broke down near Victorville. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's where your kid throws up and your car breaks down. It's a good place. Yeah. It's home. <laughs> I love it's it. where the heart is. Yeah. Home is where you're. 
car runs out of oil and your toddler pukes. Yeah. You're I've in Kansas City that. now. That's true. I had a guy tell me recently, I was down in Wichita. Everybody knows where that is. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I thought about moving to Kansas City. He asked me if I liked it. Like I've lived in the entire city. Uh-huh. And I said, I like it fine. And he said, I thought about moving there. And then I decided I didn't want to die. Which is the kind of thing I would say to somebody about moving to like the real sketchy heart of New York City right. or something like that. I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, like would you Hell's die? Kitchen in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? Wherever I... they shot every Scorsese movie, that's where I moved. I thought about moving to Flint, Michigan, but then I was like, I don't want to die. <laughs> it's like, I don't think this, I don't yeah. think Kansas City is the same. Yeah. We're talking about Greendale, Greenfield, Green Greendale, Greendale, Greendale. I remember that because it's the same name of the city in the, the TV show Community, nice. Greendale Community College. No relation. I think canonically, I think Greendale and Community is in Colorado. I think. I'm not sure. It's been it a while since I've seen it. So anyway, Better Off Dead. Yes, yeah. a movie that I love dearly. I just I don't know. I love it's. It's not a super fast-paced movie, but the bits are well thought out. And if you're paying attention, it has all sorts of things to delight, delight the mind, the eye, the heart. And uh, I really, I really appreciate this film. It is a quintessential '80s movie. It's got all the '80s tropes. That's one thing I love about it. Bailey picked up on the plot point. She's like, "This is gonna happen next. This is gonna happen next." There's something comforting about that, you know. But when I was a kid, I didn't see the other 80s movies. This was the one I saw. But I still absorbed everything I needed to, you know? Yeah. And it, it's interesting to me, our different interaction with 80s movies. Because you're the oldest or the second oldest of your family. Oh, uh, I'm the youngest. You're the youngest. Uh, okay. You're the youngest. But how close? Uh, you're, three years from my sister. Three years from my brother. Yeah. This so we're all three, three close. Of you. Close. Yeah. I'm the youngest by like 20 years, <laughs> right? Yeah. So these were the movies we had. We had kids movies on VHS for me. Mm-hmm. And then once all I the moved out of the movies from the 80s. Yeah. It was yeah. all my, like I grew up with He-Man toys. Yeah. An 80s movie. <laughs> nice. And Star Wars. So what was your Ferris Bueller? What's your quintessential 80s <sighs> movies you, you grew up on? The quintessential. I'm just saying, if there was, was there like an Star 80s Wars? movie that you? <laughs> All right. Those are 70s movies, aren't they? Well, I think only one was in the 70s. I guess, yeah, this is the, the first, first one. one. That was probably the movies I watched the most growing up was Star Wars and Star Trek. Yeah. My dad had the whole box, fancy box set of Star Trek movies. He hated them. Half of them were still in the saran wrap. I watched them. He never did. <laughs> Love that. But, uh, yeah, because they would. It was mostly like sci-fi or like and like fantasy movies. Yeah. I do remember watching this movie growing up though. Really? Oh yeah. I it like I was like, I've never seen this. And then like halfway through it, I was just like, oh my gosh, I've seen this so many times. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I guess one of my siblings probably loved it. Probably my brother moved out when I was really little, and that's yeah. why I couldn't remember. Oh yeah. But yeah. I had to buy this movie. Yeah, you did. On Blu-ray. It's the other day I realized this movie is on Plex, which is just like a movie hard drive. Yeah. But my friend gave me his account. 
anyway, I saw it on Flex today. I was like, I spent ten dollars for nothing. But it's all it's all for John Cusack. All right, I did it for yeah. John. I didn't return the movie. All right, I kept it. I'm going to keep it. It's mine. You like this movie? You can't get this movie anywhere. <laughs> At least at the time we recorded this, it is not available on any streaming service for purchase, for rent, free or paid. Yeah, which made me very upset. I felt like I had no control over my life when that happened because I didn't think it could happen. There are much worse movies than this that are available for free on, on Amazon Prime Video. Movies no one's ever heard of. Movies that only four people have ever watched are out there. Yeah. This movie, cult classic. That's why I like it. As a hipster, okay? Everyone else, everyone knows Ferris Bueller. Sure, we can all like Ferris Bueller. I want to like something that only weirdos like. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. What I'm saying is, if you want to watch this movie, tweet us at Opinion Havers. I'll lend you my copy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're a Blu-ray player, though. You do Not need everyone a has those. Uh-huh. Some people just have the sticks. They stream it. Yeah, you, you need that Blu-ray it. player. You need it. I love this movie. John Cusack is in it. He's uh, obsessed with his girlfriend. Name's Beth. I love it. I just love... The movie comes in, pictures of Beth. More pictures of Beth. Way too many pictures of Beth. She's everywhere. Even on his hangers. I love it. His closet is just hangers with her face on the hanger. So it looks like she's wearing all his sweaters. It's wonderful. Were you obsessed with your girlfriend in high school? Obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm that obsessed with my wife. If I'm honest. <laughs> I have one picture of my wife. You gotta, you gotta ramp up your game. Here's the, here's the thing. The moral of this movie is doesn't help because <laughs> he gets dumped pretty immediately in the movie six months that's a lifetime Cody. oh for a high schooler that's like that's like 15 years of marriage okay for an adult yeah Would you, that's, i think that's the conversion yeah that's like a whole semester that's a whole semester six months that's Cody. one eighth of your entire high school yeah mm-hmm. it's longer than i dated my wife <laughs> is it longer i can't remember how long were we engaged don't answer that i'll find out <laughs> i was about to say what uh made october or made what, what was it first date to marriage first date to marriage yeah uh, so well the anniversary of our first date is next week so made october yeah i'm very good it's right. too long well, we got married in November, actually. Oh, Thank you, all right. sir. All right. All right. Now that you came to our wedding. Stop. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. He is dumped by his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Paperboy rolls around. Here's the thing about the Paperboy in this movie. Right. I've seen like one or two memes and it makes me very happy because this movie could have some wonderful memes, I think. I just don't think the internet community has harnessed it. It almost makes me want to extract the memes and the gifts from here, you know? to gift the world with it it'll happen one day but the the paper boy rolls up means it's two dollars all right $2. i love it it's like two dollars two dollars <laughs> whips out the switchblade come i love it that's that. the 80s move right there oh yeah did you have one no i didn't because my dad told me a story about he almost how someone he knows in the force almost shot somebody because because he was my dad was a police officer. Uh, because if you hear a switchblade and you're a police officer, you assume it is not a comb. Anyway, so yeah. he's almost shot somebody. 
uh, because they had a switchblade gun. So I never got one. Uh, you had one? I had one. Have you been shot? No. Last I did year. have once have a cop ask me what. He's like, what's that? And I had my knife, my pocket knife, and the cup holder of the car. And he asked me if it was a switchblade. And it was very obviously just a pocket knife. Yeah. And he took him five solid minutes to figure out how to open it up. <laughs> he kept trying to hit the like the release to close the blade like I it was like, going to pop out. Well, the average knife doesn't have that feature. So why would that be? This is silly. This is a silly move on his part, I would yeah. say. I think the paper boy is is the villain of our times. All right, he's menacing. So the actor who plays him, I learned that he saw the part and he, you know, it's like it's a comedy movie, but he's like, I feel like I should play him like he's a serial killer. He took a headshot with him in the leather jacket, showed up, played it super serious, and the director loved it and hired him. I thought it was a great move. He's a child. Yeah, it's a lot of forward thinking. Maybe he is a serial killer. <laughs> Probably is. I don't know if he's done much since, aside from the murders. Yeah, but you, no one has proved that that's him yet. So, oh yeah, um, I love, I love Lane's family. He's got his dad, who's like the serious lawyer dude who can't relate. He's got the little brother who literally does not have a line in the movie. His name is Badger, which is just classic '80s. You know, I love yeah. it. Someone has to have like a super random animal name. Got Badger, doesn't say anything, builds all this stuff, and then there's the mom. Who I think is a comedic genius. I love uh, it. Love the mom. She's out here boiling bacon. She makes a recipe with raisins in it. It's just green gloop with raisins in it. It's so good. And here's what I wrote down. This is what I picture your mom is like. I mean, not the bad cooking, but just like the voice, the vibe. Is that, what was, it, was I right? Uh, she went through a time, I think. But th this mom's more chill you know there's like i feel oh, like you yeah. got the two kinds of 80s moms you got the chill mom right. that's kind of ditzy and you got the mom that's way too stressed out about everything all the time oh yeah and that was my mom nice she's chilled out now i can only assume she has started smoking weed in private <laughs> and she refuses to tell us yeah. that's what i just i go for that yeah she i i think my dad sometimes listens to these episodes so he'll tell me okay. he'll tell me if that's Get true it. or not <laughs> Mr. Bertram, if you're listening, tweet me at Opinion Havers. I'll tell Tyler. We can. You don't have to tell him to his face. All right, we'll, yeah. we'll leave the back. We will have all of our listeners. If you think my former Southern Baptist mother <laughs> has started doing drugs to chill out, let me know. Oh yeah, I think um, that's possible. I anyway, I just love her. I love how bad she is at cooking, and I just love her whole whole thing. It's so, like even when. The what does he do? Bottle glasses and everything. Yeah. What? What does he? Did he like not make the ski team? And he comes home. He's like, "Oh, Beth broke out with me. I didn't make the ski team." She's like, "Oh, that's nice." <laughs> he's like, he's vacuuming. He just love it. It's so good. Oh yeah. man, her Christmas presents. She gives, gives everybody the TV dinners. <laughs> gives the dad the Aardvark sweater <laughs> with the Aardvark hood. It's yeah. so good. My my favorite part about that was he's like. Everybody gonna be wearing this, huh? And then later outside, the neighbor, <laughs> the neighbor also got one. Oh man, it's I just I think the bits really pay off. I think I think this movie's underappreciated and it's genius. Here's the other thing about this movie: you may have noticed a director, Savage Steve Holland. 
He's only done a couple movies, but he went on to direct several episodes of iCarly. Isn't that fun? Anyway, he said this movie was basically autobiographical. So he got like that whole skiing thing where his girlfriend broke up with him, hooked up with the captain. That actually happened to him. He was actually suicidal in high school. Um, it was like the whole thing. He had like a thing where he tried to hang himself <laughs> in the garage from a pipe standing on the plastic trash can trash can gave out pipe broke mom came in yelling at him about the pipe and the water streaming everywhere so anyway he was like well that was crazy and then he just started coming up with ways to kill himself for fun and he put him in the script that's how the movie started getting written isn't that fun it's so fun doesn't that make the movie so much more wonderful yeah for you it does cody uh-huh I found, I realized more, and then I double-checked and confirmed a fun fact. And I swear, if you do not drop this fun fact, I'm going to explode. Okay, tell me. So you said this guy directed several episodes of iCarly. Oh, yeah. Did Is that the only else sense? Here's no, the thing. I want you to look at who played Ricky. All right, that's what I want you to do. I want you to scroll down to who is the actor that played what? Ricky. Hold on. What is... Don't tell me. Hold on. I'm going to do it. I looked at the fun facts this movie, and I've looked up a lot about it because I really like it. Dan Schneider. Do you know who Dan Schneider is? Well, he's a writer on the Amanda Show, Zoe 101, Victorious, and Good Burger. He's an actor. What's... Hold on. He's in iCarly as an actor? Hold on. He's in iCarly. Wait, what else is he in? Cody. <laughs> What'd I miss? All right. Here's the thing. Oh, he's in all that. I'm amazed you don't know who Dan Schneider is right now. It's blowing my mind. Dan Schneider is responsible for Nickelodeon in the 90s. <laughs> I mean, I see all his credits. Keenan and Cal, Good Burger. The ones I already named. Every show on Nickelodeon. So is he like a writer-producer guy? He He's like, like the main producer for them back in the 90s. Says he was an actor. Was he... He was an actor briefly. I'm trying to think of who he is in Good... Is he like the manager in Good Burger? I think he was... Of the, like the Good like, Burger? He might have been the manager. I think he was also the main writer of Good Burger. Okay, he was like the manager in a couple episodes of all of that. Interesting. So this so guy... I need to be looking at his producer credits. That's what I need to be doing. That's what you need to be doing. Sam and Cat, Victoria, Sycarly, Zoe 101, Drake and Josh, all of that, Amanda Show, Kenny and Kel, once again, Good Burger. Oh, yeah. He's in it. So this guy not too long ago had his had all ties cut by nickelodeon to him what do he do nothing but he's a creepy dude oh no but he but he was involved with all the kids shows so people so, like this is a bad no, look here's the thing the dude's a creep and he's super creepy he is a pedophile no that has never touched a child or <laughs> oh, done anything no. but he acts like a pedo 
Damn. He's so creepy. <laughs> like, Damn, no. It's like there's pictures of him and he'll be like, he's like the guy that comes up and like will give the back rub. He's like the teacher that you're like, you're sleeping with all the students, but has never slept with a single student. Person who just crept right up to the line is like, I won't cross him, but I'm going to stay right here. Yeah. But oh, part, no. but it's like, part of you thinks like, does he realize he's at the line or does he not see the line? Oh, no. You know, is I mean, he at the line because he doesn't know the lines there? Or is he at the line because he's painfully aware of the line? Damn. <laughs> I think I might remember this story now that you've told me about he's it. He's basically, so Guillermo, not Guillermo del Toro. Who's the famous director that's creepy and in defeat? Tarantino? Tarantino. He's Tarantino, but with kids. With kids television? Yeah. Wow. So Tarantino's creepy, but it's adults that can fight him off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is oh children that are like now grown and they're like, yeah, Dan never touched me. But he's really weird and creepy. Wow. Man. He was good in this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what he was doing. He's a creepy dude. So he's good at playing yeah. a creepy dude. Wow. But it's just I th- I cannot believe that you didn't see that it was Dan Schneider. I can't believe He's responsible that. for all this like creating so many shows yeah so many beloved shows of the 90s and 2000s i'd also just think it's funny that he basically got fired for being a weird guy (laughs) right i mean people are getting canceled for having like truly terrible allegations and charges against them this dude they were like nah you just gotta go you make everyone feel uncomfortable so you have to leave but i mean it took him years and years and years because he made already got like six successful shows under his belt so yeah i mean he made him billions of dollars i'm sure billions i mean 20 years of all their most successful tv shows billions get out of here how much money do you think nickelodeon makes okay you got spongebob and everything he makes that's all they've had yeah and now what do they got now nothing they got really dumb shows have you been on paramount plus yeah nothing all right dan schneider network i want you to give me what you would guess is now right, give me like your real it's not i'll tell you right now it's not a billion Net no worth dan schneider what do, you, what do you guess i don't think he made a billion i think he, he made, made a billion by a car ton of money yeah oh for sure what do you think dan schneider's worth 28 million 40 40 million net worth that's my favorite the the celebrity network.com website i'm like oh, what yeah. are you getting these details i love it keep doing it <laughs> i love this can't be i think it's just a dude making up numbers yeah have you ever um listened to like a podcast or something where a celebrity will read their number on there yeah and they're like <laughs> i wish that was yeah, my net worth yeah. net worth is also tricky because it's just like i love what are your assets and things you know yeah that was like the one in particular is uh the slow-mo guys the gavin from the slow-mo guys him reading his it's mm. like 15 million or something like that and he's like i wish what if i'm on there we have a podcast we do <laughs> well i mean now that i bought a house but i don't have like a ton of retirement saved up my net worth is so low it's yeah. just like basically all the my home loan is just like oh yeah negative however much you bought the house for i was like oh no it'll yeah. be fine in a few years I'll but be we, fine. if we had a million followers then our net worth would probably be in the millions that's true just Even though get we get the word out to one or two more people, <laughs> we'll be there. We'll be there. If your dad can just get your mom to start listening. We could boom. call Dan Schneider. <laughs> tell him to help us out. 
Gotta get the Schneider verse on this. Yeah. Um, so that's okay. Best thing about this movie, I told you, it's like Ferris Bueller for losers. Kind of a weird sense of humor, a dark sense of humor, because there's like five suicide jokes where it's just like, let's just watch John Cusack pretend, you know, try to commit suicide and fail terribly or back out. I don't know if you can make this movie today. <laughs> like, oh, definitely not. Making so light of suicide. It's like, I don't think you could, but I love it. I was a weird dude growing up, and this was, I blame this movie. I don't have any regrets. I have zero regrets. Look at look at the rose I've blossomed into. Behold. Oh. Behold my splendor. I'm beholding. Thank you. That's all I needed. You're a man in a teal t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And chartreuse. Chartreuse. <laughs> is it chartreuse green? Wouldn't that be I don't shirt? know what chartreuse is. I just know it's a bougie name. Yeah. Chartreuse is green. I would say wine. Oh, Merlot. Merlot. Yeah, there, there, that's the word that's I was looking it. for. Merlot. Are those joggers? What are the, what are those called? There's the sweatpants with the with the ankle on them. You know? Yeah, that's a jogger. Jogger. It's got the tapered little ankle cuff. Anyway, the point is, I used to get in the shower with my socks on on accident all the time. All the time. Chartreuse. Yeah. That's much brighter. It's like a brighter yellowy green that I wasn't expecting. Here's right. the thing. The only people who say chartreuse are people who fish, and I hate them. I fish. I've never had to use the word chartreuse. <laughs> but if I go fishing with my brother, he'd be like, hand me the chartreuse bait. I was like, no. you mean the green or the yellow? You could have said green or yellow. I would have known what you meant. We only have one kind of bait that is a different color. Yeah. It says green on the thing. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get in the shower with your socks on? It's the point I'm making right now. By accident? Yes. 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 All the time? I've done it. No, like twice. Oh, I did it because I got that back. I got the ADHD. I got it real bad. Oh, yeah. I'm talking like at least once a week in high school. Fully stepping in with the socks. <laughs> I love it. The showers with the socks on. It's so good. That's I, that's just what I like about the movie. There's so many visual cues where it's just like we're just gonna show this silly thing, and if you get the if you get the humor, you're gonna love it. I love this movie. Yeah, shower socks for life. It's efficient. Okay, your socks. You don't have to. The so- socks are like the most annoying thing to change it in, in and out of. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because like, you can't just pull them straight on unless they're like super loose and stretchy, and then that's not a good sock. So you kind of got to cuff and roll them up halfway. Get it. It's too much work. You can do it standing up, but you risk dying. That's how I'm pretty sure I'm going to die because I never sit down to put my socks on, okay? So you shower with them on. You can keep the same pair of socks for six, seven days, and it cleans the socks at the same time. Here's what I'm learning from this. Hmm. We wear very different socks. Mine, I do not have to bunch them up to pull them on. Mine, I put them on the toes. Slip right on. Slips right on. Hashtag stride Are you line. using... Are you using lubricant, some sort of sock lubricant? No. Oh. I'm just Coconut oil, the nothing? best socks. Man, what brand? Strideline. Strideline? Strideline. Strideline. Are they a sponsor? They could be. They could be. Strideline, if you're listening. I'll sell out. Tweet so us fast. out opinion havers. They used to sponsor a lot of podcasts. Not so much anymore, but I want it. Yeah. All the other socks, I've tried all those other people. What about Boosock? Boosocky. No. No, none of those? Tried them what about uh no me undies they probably make socks they make everything they do make socks now what's the one where it's like 
shorts that are you can work out in or swim in or uh, chill in. What's that one called? Kind of like a meme. They, that's their whole vibe. What are they called? I don't know. Booty shorts. Yeah. Hashtag board shorts. Hot what is summer. It? What? No, no. It's, just, it's a brand. I forget what it's called. Anyway, the Stradline socks are comfortable. That's my point. I'm get them. All right. They'll change your life. I've bought so many. All right. You can shower in them. <laughs> Stradline is that what they're called? Yeah. Stradline. The socks you can shower in. Okay. Okay. 80s movie. It's got this movie has everything. Okay. It's got the short shorts. It's got the shower socks. It's got tab. Okay. <gasps> All the 80s. Remember tab? No. Oh, it died. They killed it. All right. They're out here. The beloved drink of the 80s. And they murdered it. It was gross, right? That was the th reason it died. Because it wasn't okay, good. All diet soda is gross, okay? How dare you diet Pepsi is... Diet Pepsi is good for diet, but it's not good. You know what I'm it's saying? It's better than regular Diet Pepsi. Coke is bad. That Dr. Pepper's not bad. Point is, diet drinks are gross. So that's the whole point. Yeah. It's the whole point. Just like we, we've all been on the... the uh, Sparkling water, you know, the mineral water. 80% of mineral water is disgusting. It's all disgusting. You have Let to really, really right commit. It's not good. You I think Tab is one of those drinks that was like super popular. It's either in the South or the Northeast where it's like, oh, it, it had a stronghold there. And that's it. Yeah. And it was big in the 80s because I think that's when it came out. 70s or 80s. Yeah. Anyway, it's dead now. Like so many dreams of our childhood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about everyone's favorite character, uh, the guy. Ricky. No, no, we already did Ricky, okay? Oh. The, uh, the, the friend, the high school friend. The guy that's not Gilbert Gottfried, but has based his career off of sounding like him? Curtis Armstrong, yeah, yeah. that's right. Curtis Armstrong, you may know him from Better Off Dead. That's his first credit. Risky Business, Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, nothing else matters he's been in. That's all you would know him from. He's wonderful. Okay. Yeah. He's so good. Oh, he's the principal in uh, New Girl. Yeah. You've seen New Girl. I love his character. We all know the dude. At least I do. I don't think Bailey got it. I was like, I knew the dude in high school. He's got the big hat. Yeah. He has way too much stubble. Can grow a beard. Total stoner. What? Is, he's just like. I've been in high school for seven and a half years. I'm no dummy. <laughs> like, I know high school kids. I love it. So yeah. good. Can't, he's like, his whole thing is he can't get real drugs because it's such a small, small school. Like snorting snow. He likes to like, can't get real drugs. Like shakes a whipped cream can. <laughs> Puts it down. It's yeah. so good. I love it. Do you know any Snorts super seniors? Jello. Oh, jello. We had like, I don't know if we had any in our class, but I think the class above me may have had one. Love the super So you did have some in your class. Yeah, right. You have a fun fact for you? Technically speaking, no. I was a super senior. Yes. I actually graduated. I'm class of 2013, but I graduated or I graduated in 2013, but I should have been class of 2012. So what kind of super senior were you? I was the kind that I was homeschooled and I had to do all my stuff homework. You know, I just had to like do a ton of tests. Oh, yeah. So I just didn't. I basically got through my sophomore year and then stopped doing schoolwork for two years. Sounds, sounds like a good strat. 
Solid strategy. And then one of my friends was about to graduate and I was like, I can't let you graduate before me. And then in two weeks I did two and a half or three years worth of schoolwork because yeah. it was just all the tests. Mm-hmm. So I just took them all. There you go. You know, when you're homeschooled, you can just sit there with Google Translate in French class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here you are somewhat all the smarter for it. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. That's what I did. I'm a professional. Like, I'm an engineer. Uh-huh. That programs water treatment systems. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of person programming your water treatment systems, people. <laughs> A man smart enough to do two years of high school in two and a half weeks. Yeah. Or another way to look at it is four years of high school in five and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's a good movie. I don't know. What was your, what, you got to tell me. You said it was fine? What are your qualms? What's keeping it from, from getting your juices going? Oh, no, it's how my juices going. You know. The it's all right is the highest form of praise I can give to a movie. <laughs> Me saying it's all right is the equivalent of an Oscar nomination. Wow. Right? That's what they can. That's what all the directors want. Is it? It's all right. From me. <laughs> that's what they're after. Yeah. That's You're the, out here just giving it away. It's the four out of four on Roger Ebert. That's the. Yeah. Wow. That's two four thumbs stars. up on the DVD cover. <laughs> That's the four stars. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. <laughs> I hated it. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> That's the four stars. So it's a dislike, hatred, apathy, moderate approval. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we're at. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's where Tyler Trash comes in. <laughs> the ones you hate that are like in the middle <laughs> yeah all right that's the apathy oh that's yeah but i give them i give them four i give them i give them four out of four stars every time look our uh our super senior guy curtis armstrong i just think he's a winner he's got some great dialogue what did he say if you could ski the k-12 girls will get sterile just looking at you <laughs> <laughs> i think every time he had a line i was like what <laughs> It's so good because and too like you don't even have to have lines. There's the part of the dance where, what's his name, the bully guy who is a great like classic '80s bully, he goes up and he's like, "Oh, you guys have my vote for cutest couple. Better, uh, better shave a little closer before you kiss her goodnight." And then Curtis Armstrong just laughs for like thirty seconds hysterically to the point where the guy just leaves. Then he shows up half a scene later, breaks up his dance, just laughing, smiles like this is great. This guy doesn't even need to talk. I'm about it. It's a good character. He's it's a, so good. What, he's a sweet boy. One, he's going to jump off the bridge to commit suicide. Lane is. Yeah. And Curtis Armstrong rolls up to him. He's like, fuck up, little camper. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. I've said that to so many people. It's so good. Oh, man. We've got another 80s classic, the 80s claymation montage. Oh, yeah. Which is honestly the... The one thing this movie could just do without <laughs> that is absolutely not necessary. But how else would you know it's from I the remember, 80s? I remember this scene being like, I just want to skip it so bad, but I don't have it in my heart. It's like 30 seconds long. <laughs> like rewatching, like, oh, this is not that long. Um, they did say though, a lot of people were nervous about like the studio was and you know everything. And Steve Holland, the director, was like adamant about doing it. Did it, and they're like, it was like the best tested 
for the test audience, that's the thing that people like the most. <laughs> was like the random clinician like scene. The future. Oh yeah. Does Van Halen even have the Franken Stratocaster, you know, that you do? We're back. Don't worry. I got the spider. Nice. We're all good. What about the outlets? Oh, you know where we're putting them. That's the only part of your conversation I heard. Well, we're putting some outlets in the basement because we're finishing it. Don't worry. We'll have a little corner for you where you can put your TV and a couple nice chairs. And to put the newspaper down for me to sleep on? Uh-huh. A little food bowl? I'll get you newspaper to sleep on and newspaper to use as a blanket, okay? You can have it both ways. Speaking of newspapers, Paperboy in this movie, we love him. <laughs> One of my, okay, there's two, two of my favorite moments in the movie happen with the Paperboy. Obviously, the $2 thing is great at the dance when, when he's, he's in like the big field outside the high school. He recruited all the other Paperboys. Jason, <laughs> it was like a horror movie. Loved it. Oh. So I, I love the visual humor of the movie. He's on top of the car. <laughs> he's pulling out. It was very much like a horror movie. Yeah. It makes me almost want... It's like the kind of thing that makes me think... It almost feels like the movie It Follows started as somebody like, I love <laughs> this movie. What if we made a horror movie about like this paper boy? Yeah, yeah he's on... He, so he's on top of the car when she's banging on his paper. I want me $2. John Cusack's driving everywhere, crashing anything. Finally, he goes through the car wash. And the kid, the paper boy says... No, I can't swim. <laughs> just, just right there. It makes no sense at all. <laughs> and then you hear him the no, like fade in the distance. Oh my goodness! When he at the end of the movie, when he fall, he's skiing down the slopes, chasing him through the slopes. When he falls off the cliff, and he's just no, <laughs> it's so, I love it so much. It's so that, good. My favorite part with the with the paper boy was when he's chasing him down the ski slopes, and Charles did. Charles Dem Demar Demar. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's some thing chasing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so good. Fun fact: the scene where they go through the car wash, he actually broke the windshield with the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, they had to replace the windshield. That's pretty cool. Oh, it's a fun time. See. Oh, Ricky's mom. <laughs> so they're at dinner, which this is another moment where I love the mom. Mom has a neighbor over for dinner. John Cusack is in the middle of getting ready to light himself on fire. <laughs> yeah. He's got like a paint primer, thinner, whatever he's dousing himself with. The <laughs> Ricky's mom drinks it, thinks it's a it's a liqueur. Yeah. And uh she explodes. But I love it. Just there's the explosion. And then the next day, he's given Ricky and Monique. French exchange student, a ride to school. He's like, gee, Ricky, I'm sorry your mom blew up. <laughs> I love it. It's a great film. She's fine. She just can't have spicy foods for a while. <laughs> well, I love too that the mom is so bad at cooking. She decides to go back to basics. She's like, oh, we have our French exchange student. Got to pull out all the stops. You got French fries, French bread. She has a French dressing. French dressing. Well, and for just and for dessert, Peru. And it's just Perrier, the sparkling water. Yeah. So good. Wait, have you ever had Perrier? Oh, yeah. It's it's bad. It's the saltiest, most bitter of all the sparkling waters. Yeah, here's the thing. I thought it's, sparkling water was just carbonated water. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine... Actually, no. 
I thought that, but when I first bought the Perrier, I thought it was just super fancy bottled water. And right. you know me, I'm a water connoisseur. Yes, you are. Sommelier of the H2O. Mm -hmm. Still water, though. Yeah. Still. Sparkling water is disgusting, and I hate anybody that drinks it. Did, did you ever try Spindrift? No. That is my most favorite of the sparkling waters, but it's very bougie and very expensive. But I they sell it, it at Costco, so sometimes you can get a pretty good deal on it. I want it, then. I want the bougie water. I'll pick up a, a small case of Spindrift. I'll have you try it. The thing about Spindrift is that the problem with my problem with sparkling water is it either tastes like spicy water, you know, or just like that's ah, too it's peppery. <laughs> the water is so peppery and sharp, but it you know, doesn't taste like anything. Or they're like, oh hey, it's grapefruit flavor, and it's like it's like someone dropped a grapefruit by accident into the vat of water for the, and he picked it out. You know, he's like. That was a mistake. I'm sorry. Yeah. And so it like, doesn't taste like anything. But Spindrift is like, no, we put like we put like a solid like tablespoon of fruit juice in there. So it actually does get a, a skosh of fruit mm. flavor. That's good. I'll have you try it sometime. And that's the other thing is like they've always got 20 flavors and four are good and 16 are awful. Yeah. So you have to go through the process of buying 16 cases of, of sparkling water you're never going to drink because the first one's bad. Spindrift. Like but how does it compare to LaCroix? Or as some people in California pronounce it, LaCroix. <laughs> I mean, LaCroix is not good. I think Spin Spindrift is the only one that I've actually bought more than once. Mm. No one else I buy. It, I don't drink it anymore. I've heard two explanations of LaCroix flavors. Yes. <laughs> yeah. One, it's like you show the can a picture of the fruit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the other one is it's like you murdered... A grapefruit in the next room where <laughs> from where it was being bottled i love i love i think the sparkling water is calming down a bit but it was you know it was kombucha one summer it was sparkling water the next but someone at work i was literally i overheard the conversation a friend of mine at work was like oh Lacroix, how is that he's like it's not bad he's <laughs> just like i don't hate this but i can't say it's good but i will drink it because it doesn't have calories you know yeah but LA people, they're all about it. Okay. Here's my shout out. Here's what I'm gonna tell all you LA people. You can just get water and put a lemon in it. <laughs> you don't need the lemon LaCroix. But don't you want don't here's you want to feel the little pinpricks on your tongue? From here's this? what you get. You spend you look at last year. Look at the five hundred dollars you spent on LaCroix. You spot you spend eighty bucks on a soda stream. <laughs> five dollars on lemons. And a dollar on a water bottle. Yeah, yeah. Combine those three things. And you got it. You have better than LaCroix. Have you done... Are you... Hold on. Are you a SodaStream boy? I like the SodaStream because the per, it's always the person in the commercial pronounces it with a Swedish accent, and I love it because they say, like, SodaStream. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Is it good? I'm sure. I mean, it just makes soda. It's, yeah, it's a just, fresh batch it of carbonates the water. That's in your home. Yeah. I might have to just go all in on they a have, soda stream. They have what I like is they have ridiculous flavors, right? Because it's like, oh, here's Dr. Pepper. You're like, that's nice. And they're like, here's Kool-Aid flavor soda. You're like, stop it. You're like, don't you tease me. Don't you promise me something that can't be real. Here's the here's the part that will make you like it even more. All right. No. They're pushing the turtles. They're pushing the that they're saving the turtles all right. by saving the plastic. Okay. So their new commercial is Snoop Dogg and a CG no. Swedish sea turtle. What? Why does it have to be Swedish? Because it's the same guy that does the voice and everything. <laughs> wow. And Snoop Dogg's like, I'm just here hanging with my endangered 
guy. I don't know. I can't remember if he just calls him a friend or a brother or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, but then it's them acting like they're gonna rap, and they're like, "Be smooth." That's all it does. And then, the, <laughs> and then they fist bump, and the turtle goes, "Love you, brother." <laughs> But it's a white Swedish guy definitely doing the voice. Also, it's a CGC turtle. <laughs> Where does this commercial play? Where do I find it? It's everywhere. Oh, it's on did everything. You hear, did you? Okay, did you see this? What? I hate that we're spending all my time about this movie talking about other things, but I have to do it. Okay. Charlie bit my finger. Everyone's favorite YouTube video of 2008. Yeah. They're yeah. deleting it. <gasps> from YouTube. I think it's going to be gone within like a day. For cannibalism. <laughs> no. <laughs> Charlie became a cannibal. Uh, as a result, they've decided, you know, in honor of the victims that have fallen to Charlie. <laughs> they've, no. He's becoming, Charlie Bit My Finger is being taken from YouTube and being stored as a non-fungible token and auctioned off. I, I can't get behind it. Like, I know that internet meme culture, you know, it's iterative and it, it comes and it goes. It comes and it goes, right? Like, nothing stays same for a long time. It pops up, it's there for a month, and then it's gone. No one's seen Charlie Put My Finger in five years, but it brought us so much joy, and it was on YouTube for anyone to enjoy in the world. And now yeah. we're going to take it down so some rich butt can, can buy it for $5 million and no one gets to see it except for him? Yeah. I don't like it. It doesn't seem like it's the internet. That's all. If you want to make a non-fungible, to- look, if you don't want me funging your token, I won't, but make something original. Don't take something beloved, remove it from everyone else, and then sell it to the highest bidder. Yeah. That doesn't seem like in the spirit of internet or the YouTubes. Am oh, I wrong here? You're not wrong. Here's what I'll say. Whoever buys it, I know you're listening to this. <laughs> and I want you to know you're just like that guy that... What they did to what with the cancer treatment that bought the cancer treatment making company and then like raised the oh. price eight thousand. He's in jail. No, now. The guy who that. did the uh, the needles the the needles when you get when you diabetes. Die. No. Oh, insulin, insulin, insulin. Yeah, yeah. It was insulin. That's I think what it, it was. I think it might be the EpiPen company too did that. Yeah, but he bought that company insulin. and then he's like, "You guys are selling these for a dollar. Now we're gonna sell them." For a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And then they find he's in jail now for that. I know that much. Yeah. He also bought all of the Wu Tang Clan's new album. Was it with that? Their new album? <laughs> bought the rights to Wu Tang Clan's music or? No, like. Does so, he own the Wu Tang Clan? No, so they put, Wait. <laughs> it's them or another rap group. He put out an album and he's like, I want to went to the publishing and bought every single copy. Oh, bought the publishing, like all the rights for streaming and every or like they weren't going to do that. So anyway, he's the only person who's ever heard. The it's album. like he read Christmas Carol and was like, this Ebenezer Scrooge guy is pretty cool, but he hasn't gone far enough. Exactly. <laughs> I need to become an Internet miser for healthcare, for gangster rap, for Charlie bit my finger. Yeah. Wow. And then someone asked, why did you do that? And he's like, because I wanted it or something like that. Man. Like he gave like a super like that's that. That's the dark. <laughs> The dark side of capitalism. Yeah. When one man can hoard Wu Tang. Hoard Wu Tang. Who can hoard ghost faced killer and dirty old. Are you saying Wu Tang Clan <laughs> songs? Because I don't know. No, the Wu Tang Clan has members and members. They have fun names. Yeah. Like Dirty Old B. Like uh, 
Ghostface Killer. Those are the two I know. I don't know any of them, so you got me beat. Here's Wu Tang's one of those rap groups that everyone ref all of the big rap bands reference, and I've never listened to Wu Tang. I feel like I have to now. But you you know what? Let's a ab- movies were a bad idea. Let's abandon the movies. Let's become a Wu Tang podcast. Let's let's become a grassroots hip hop podcast. People need more white people who are authorities on rap music to share their opinions in a podcast format. Am I wrong? If Cole Kushner can do it, if Cole Kushner can make the podcast dissect available on Spotify. Are we sponsored? No. (laughs) Then they suck. Then, and he's just one man and he's Jewish. We need some white Protestant, two white Protestant men to do it, right? I'm not wrong here. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like if you don't want us <laughs> to pivot into the rap podcast scene, tweet us at Opinion Havers. Yeah. We've already done it. <laughs> Odds are. By oh, the yeah. time you're listening to this, it's too late. We can't be saved. I feel like this is just you trying to get out of more Tyler's trash, specifically Pacific Rim 2. That is coming for you. It's not. It can't be. <laughs> it's coming for you. I'm John Cusack and... Pacific Rim 2 is a boy on a bicycle and needs $2. All right. Ricky's mom blows up. I did not notice. This is maybe the first time I've watched. I've seen this movie at least like eight or nine times. There are nuns crossing the road in sunglasses with a boom box. I never noticed the boom box before. It's a strong move. It's a very 80s move. It's just a meme that's there. There's also two Japanese men with Japanese girlfriends eating Chinese food. Like, yeah, it's the 80s. Yeah. I, I, I like that it was like, what, an hour into the movie when he went, it's when he was driving Monique and Ricky to school. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, no. And they're like, what? And then he explains, he explains the, the whole Japanese. He's already had two or three races with the Japanese brothers. And uh, then yeah. he explains, oh, yeah. <laughs> They came here. He likes to race cars. One doesn't speak English. The other one learned English from watching the wide world of sports. And uh, that's the whole he's thing. Like, he's like, I ask you which one's worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so many good, good. one-liners. In oh, this movie. man. I like that one. Do you know the street value of this entire mountain? It's <laughs> <laughs> another one of my favorite lines from the movie. Oh, man. I love, I love the love interest, Monique. Mm-hmm. The French foreign exchange shoot from across the street. So good. She's wonderful. She pretends not to know English. I didn't have to talk to Ricky. Yeah. So good. Like most French people, she's devious and lies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, she, many uh, of you have forgotten our feud with France. Oh, I have not. I'm still here. Every day I wake up and I write three reasons why I don't like France. My wife asked us, asked me like, oh, could you guys watch Les Mis or something for the podcast? I was like, Tiffany, you know, we're in it. Like, a, like <laughs> we're about to we're go to full scale war with France at this podcast. <laughs> we cannot watch a movie. Oh, yeah. With a French title. That's true. That's very true. I can't. I'm a fragile man and I cannot. I think Russell Crowe singing may just push me over the edge. Okay. But. You also get Hugh Jackman singing, right? He's in that. Yes. Um, 
it's bad in a different way. You love it. He's not a bad singer, but I, it's, it's bad for me. Does that make sense? No. Okay, I'll put it this way. The vibrato in his voice is precocious and I hate it. <laughs> is it that? The uncontrollable vibrato in the, in the smallest or biggest note or phrase uh, drives me up the wall. Don't, I want, vibrato is a tool. You have to pull it out when you need it and whip it on back. Unless you're an old, old man who can't control it, then you gotta use it as a tool. If a Jedi were to use, it's like if a Jedi didn't use his lightsaber and just forced everything all the time, you know? It's like, yeah, use your force powers, but you have a lightsaber here for a reason. Yeah. So Hugh Jackman. Stick to being Wolverine, Hugh. You can't do it all, okay? You can't be a serious actor, a coffee, a coffee connoisseur, enthusiast, and uh, venture capitalist, and a singer, okay? You can't be Wolverine and the Greatest Showman. It is not allowed. Give up the coffee, give up the musicals, or give up Wolverine, okay? You have to pick one. You get two. Can't have all three. But he has all three. But he has them. That's the problem. It can't stand. <laughs> I will not stand for it. So what you're saying is you agree with okay, Ryan Reynolds. Let me, no, this this is what I'm saying. Ryan Reynolds owns Aviation Gin. Mint Mobile is a great comedic actor. Wait, he owns Mint Mobile? Yeah. When, okay, okay, moving on. He's a controlling partner of Mint Mobile. Okay. All right. All right. Now imagine Ryan Reynolds did several musicals. It's too much, is it but not? But see, he can't do the musicals because there's one man standing in his way who he would have to kill. <laughs> and you know. Oh, man. So anyway, this movie checks all the boxes. There's montages. Love a good montage. Don't you? Oh, yes, yeah. you do. I love that Monique rolls up and it's like, look, Lane, you're being dumb. We can fix the thing. She helps him fix the car. She learns how to ski. I love the ski advice. I love it. Yeah. Go that way really fast. Yeah. If something gets in your way, turn. I, like that <laughs> I love just... that it just recycle the line. <laughs> like, yeah. That, the other thing I liked is when um when everybody comes up and asks Lane, like the the math teacher pulls the lane aside and is like, this is a little awkward, but uh I was wondering if you would mind if I asked Beth out. <laughs> and then and the man man's like, I know we're total strangers, we're gonna know each other, but I noticed you weren't going out with Beth anymore. And I thought Barney on the TV is like, oh, Elaine, I know I'm just a cartoon. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. It's so good. Is there a fourth? There was a fourth one, right? I don't remember. I think there's a fourth one. Maybe. Yeah. I love I love the recycling the line yeah. in different ways. I think it's a beautiful thing. I love the montages. I love the end. Here's what I do like about this. This movie does have a message. Did you catch it? Oh, I, I caught everything this movie. Tell through. me. Okay, what's the moral of this movie? What did you learn from this movie? Moral of the movie is if you break up with your girlfriend, yes, find a hot French foreign exchange student. Yes, exactly. I love that Lane, he's broken hearted. He's suicidal because Beth left him for the dude, whatever his name is. Yeah. And this whole thing is if I do the K-12, maybe she'll take me back. He just wants Beth back. Beth doesn't love him. He can do better for himself. You know, that's what I like about it. He improves himself. He gets the car. 
he gets the K-12. He does it all. Beth wants him again. And he's like, no, no. I can do better for myself. I have someone who respects me, who likes me. I have a friend. I'm with Monique now. Loved it. Yeah. It's strong, you know? Yeah. And then she goes back to France. And then he, and then he ends it. <laughs> sure. Uh, and then he gets murdered by the paper boy. Yeah. We all know it's two dollars. So I like it. Okay. It's an 80s movie. It's got the tiniest amount of substance. <laughs> Just elevates it right on into Cody's corner. Oh yeah. You think you thought I couldn't do it. You were wrong. Fun fact. Oh, the final 80s token for this one. Yes. Wouldn't be an 80s movie without the female counterpart lover. Ricky. Just like a girl pops up with Ricky's glasses and they're like, oh, we're in love now. Classic oh, 80s yeah. trip. You know, you got his girlfriend's and it's like, oh, it's you, but it's a girl. Look at that. And you're meant to be. Yeah. Classic. I like that uh, you you were like, Tell, be honest with me, this was you in high school. And I was <laughs> like, Ricky. I was like, if only. I, I love Ricky because there are parts where he's just like, he's so quiet and like weird. We're like, oh no, you know, sitting in the lunchroom, he's just got like the tray. You know, he's got like a Coke, a tab, a chocolate milk, the pudding, the jello, whatever. Else. Yeah, he's got the whole thing, just like offering different things to her, you know? So awkward times. But then he shows up at the dance and he's like, no, I've got moves. <laughs> okay. And like throughout the movie, he just gets more bold. And, uh, you know, we can learn a lot from Ricky, which is you can be successful and not break any laws, but still get fired. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes you got to scale it back. Yeah. Sometimes you got to be just not creepy for 20 solid years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It helps. I've heard you, it helps. You can only be creepy for 15 years before people start to get suspicious. Mm -hmm. You got to get in, be as creepy as you want without crossing the line, get yeah. your money and get out. Okay. Yeah. Or you direct all your creepiness at one incredibly successful person <sighs> and then it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Then you're Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Fun fact. John Cusack hated this movie. Like they did a special pre-screening uh, before the big premiere, I think. Yeah. And he like walked out of the movie. He was like, this was awful, so terrible. I hated it, which is sad to me because this is one of, this is probably my second favorite John Cusack movie. And uh, I think since then he's like walked it back and like, oh, I, I don't regret it. And But what's weird is he had a contract. Go ahead. Yeah, you no. finished your thought. What's weird is that he had then. a contract with the director. Yeah. So immediately after this movie, they did another movie. And he's like, I would not have done it if it wasn't for like the contractual obligation. So... Yeah, that's basically the exact same cast, by the way. <laughs> Steve nice. Holland took all the same people and did that. And apparently that stuck with Ricky, too, because, like I said, Steve Holland directed some of those shows that uh, the guy who plays Ricky produced. Dan Schneider. Yeah. Uh, my question, the reason I raised my hand, was uh, isn't John Cusack noted as kind of a douche in Hollywood? Oh, probably. <laughs> okay, this is, okay, this is a topic I wanted to, to touch on. Let's talk, let's talk John. All right. John Cusack, Joan Cusack. The Q. Maggie Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal. You know, these are the two great sibling acting rivalries of our of our generation, no? Okay, let's forget about the Gyllenhaals. Point is they're siblings. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, John Cusack, what what are your thoughts? Where do you stand with him? Um, He's Hollywood's favorite B-list actor that's almost yeah. an A-list actor, but isn't. 
He's yeah. mostly in cult classics. I really feel like he blossomed in that, you know, 2012 hot tub time machine <laughs> type of movie. Where he's like a meme of himself, kind of like Keanu Reeves was two years ago, where everyone yeah. was like, this Keanu dude. And he was just like everywhere as a meme for a bit. But I feel like he rose out of the ashes of uh, Nicolas Cage going insane and being real weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. So like yeah. he Nicolas Cage occupied, occupied the space. Then he went like to do Mandy. Yeah, yeah. And John Cusack's like, well, I'm here. Right. I have a receding hairline. <laughs> and I'm white. Yeah. Do you need a hero for your movie? And everybody was like, yes. Here's, yeah. I, I am a fan of John Cusack's acting, at least. I'm sure, you know, he doesn't like this movie and it's one of my favorites, so I'm sure we wouldn't be friends or whatever. I like his acting. Here's what I like about John Cusack. Yeah. He's very good at playing like the everybody's man's protagonist. Because so many movies is like, oh, the protagonist, he's way cool. You know, you're Ferris Bueller's, right? Where it's like, oh, he's too smooth, too cool, too whatever. And he's the yang to that yin. We're just like, no, he's just like an average dude. He's not really spectacular in any way, doesn't believe himself, kind of a loser. And that's what's interesting about him and the characters he plays. This is a classic one. Say anything is a classic one too. Like you think of all the, you think of all the eighties rom-coms and it's like the girl trying to get the guy, the guy trying to get the girl, whatever. And John Cusack, the whole point of say anything is like John Cusack is kind of a loser, but he gets with this really great girl who like by all accounts should not be with him because she's like quote unquote better than him. Yeah. And I think that's a very interesting role to have kind of pigeonholed. It's kind of the same thing. Not quite the same, but like high fidelity is kind of that way. Say anything's like that. He's in like Must Love Dogs and uh, Serendipity too, where you're just like, you should not be with any of these people, but you're this dude who did it, but you're not extraordinary in any way. It's, just, it's very interesting. I like the character that they pick him for. It's yeah. very interesting. High Fidelity is one too. You're like, oh, this guy's kind of a douche. <laughs> like He's not a good dude. But then movie, you're like, oh, but he's learned some things and that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, said, I guess I should say he... He occupies the same space as Nick Cage, but he's it does seem pickier in the roles he takes. Oh, yeah. He probably gets offered the same roles. But Nick Cage was just like had the yes stamp <laughs> that he would just say yes to any movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. John, yeah, because John is like he's not really household. Even for this, when like Steve Holland tried to get him for it, they were like, is he not a leading man, is he? And he's like, no, I want him. He's going to be good for it. So anyway, I like that character he occupies because it is unique. There, there's no one else like John Cusack who kind of has that role locked down because that role doesn't exist in a lot of movies. Yeah. But he kind of occupies it in a lot of his movies. Yeah, I would say most people who would who fit the role are like TV actors. Yeah, yeah. He's, I don't know, in that way he is a gem where it's just like, he's in all these gem films where not everyone's going to appreciate it but have achieved this great cult stash. Like, the people who like this really love it. Yeah. Gross Blank. Blank's kind of like that. I love High Fidelity. I love this movie. Say anything's like good, but it's not better than any of the other movies in the 80s. It's not better than 16 Candles or Ferris Bueller or any like the John Comforter movies that occupy the more mainstream version of that space. Yeah. So anyway, I like John Cusack as an actor. How do you feel about Joan? The question is, in a fist fight to the death. 
Don or Joan, who would you take? Joan. Joan looks like Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> and I feel like that's your answer right there. I just think that John has nothing to lose. <laughs> and so I'd take him in a fight. All right, Jake or Maggie? Let's go, let's go to the other pair. I think, Jill and Halls. How I do you feel about Jake Maggie and Jake? would rip his sister's head off. No, I think Jake is too sweet of a boy that he would give his life for Maggie, even oh, though I we need so. Jake so much more than we need Maggie. Yeah. You're talking, oh, well, I guess, yeah. I mean, if you're talking about willingness to fight, that's uh, that's but that is kind of why I would go with Joan over John Cusack. Why? I feel like Joan would kill John I Cusack. Think, no, I think John would go Mandy. You know, <laughs> like I have nothing left to live for. I will not lose my life in this way. You know. Here's what I think will happen. All right. They fight to the death, but they both inflict mortal wounds on each other, and then out of the out of the side, out of the shadows. No, don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Comes Anne Cusack to finish them both. (laughs) Then we're left with one Cusack. Okay, last question in this scenario. Okay. New scenario. Jake and Maggie tag team versus John and Joan. The Cusacks versus the Gyllenhaals. Who are you taking? I I think the Gyllenhaals are stronger. They're more powerful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the Cusacks have the willingness the to Cusacks, murder. The Cusacks have like the, the pale vampire siblings vibe, you yeah. know, where you're like, oh, you may look like you're feeble, but no, you've got these like powers that you were yeah. hiding. I might, for the fact that they've, bo- that the Gyllenhaals have both been in superhero movies, I think you're right. I think they've got this strength. I would take the Gyllenhaals. You say they'd win? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever watch Celebrity Deathmatch <laughs> in the 90s? Was it in when the they 90s, do the CG MTV fighting? did this yeah. claymation TV show yeah. where it was just imagine WWE, but it's a fight to the death. It's claymation, and they just pick random celebrities. Yeah. And so it'd be like someone super, you know, it'd be like, oh, uh, Mr. Rogers versus Muhammad Ali or whatever. And just like, yeah. oh no, or it'd be like Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC, and they'd like rip each other's heads off, and it's all clay and bloods everywhere. Yeah. What a time. What a, what a what simpler a time, time it was. The simpler MTV time. in the 90s. Just simpler time, a better time. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, so, okay. Um, I told you this is autobiographical, this movie. Yeah. The cooking was a lot like what his mom, you know, he, his mom really got him TV dinners for his birthday and stuff like that. Where he's like, oh, yeah, this is a, like, I remembered you really liked in the movie is like the nut brownie or whatever. <laughs> so she gets him oh. the, I thought that was so funny. My I mom thought it was so cute that John Cuse in the movie he gives Monique the TV dinner, candlelit dinner, pleasure of the sex. He really grows. I love that. Yeah. What were you saying about your mom? So my mom, uh, she went through a phase. My mom does love the fad diets. Uh, she did growing up. She loved the, all the fad diets. Oh, yeah. So she got real into the paleo stuff recently. Sure. She tried to make a nut loaf, which <laughs> presented um, himself as a replacement to meatloaf. Uh, yeah. Because it's protein. Nuts have protein. Meat has protein. This Checks is your places. We. <laughs> it has been probably 15 years. 10, 15 years since she's made it. Yeah. We won't let her live it down. <laughs> I bring it up every chance I get. 
which she's like, <laughs> tell, me, tell me more about this nut loaf. What? It's just, it was the atrocious. texture, the taste. What? Paint a pick. Was it, hold on. Was it a free form loaf or was it in the loaf tin? It was, no, it held itself together in a loaf shape. <laughs> what was holding it together? Nothing. <laughs> it's held. Now, hold on. Answer me this. Did she just grind up some nuts and put it in a loaf? Was there a binding agent or spices or was it just <laughs> nuts in a loaf shape? Yes, to both. <laughs> you would think it would just taste like nuts, right? <laughs> and no. I'm assuming, yeah. It's so bad. So wait, are we talking, does it have the ketchupy glaze on it or? No, it doesn't fit into the Is it the a paleo. fruit cake without the fruit? <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> That's what it ended up being, a fruit cake made from <laughs> nuts. Bad nut, gross nuts with whatever else got oh, put into it was man. disgusting. We all hated it. We each tried a tiny piece about yay big, about one inch by one inch. Each took a bite, spat it out, threw the whole thing away. Oh, Every oh. time my mom now gets a little too adventurous, my dad <laughs> or I say, is this going to be like a nut loaf situation? <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. You brought up nuts. One of the worst sights I've ever seen in my life was in Monterey, Tennessee, very small town outside of Cookville. Yeah. Another man, small town. <laughs> out, oh, yeah. But Cookville's got Tennessee Tech. The Eagles. Caw, caw. You know what I'm talking about. We all know that the Eagles. I think it's the Golden Eagles. Tennessee Tech. All right. Here's the thing. I saw a man. An old house wraparound porch with a bucket. Are you familiar with black walnuts? They're like walnuts, but they don't taste as good. And they're a lot harder to deal with. Yeah. Saw a man with multiple buckets of black walnuts, just peeling them with his hands. Hands absolutely black. The filthiest hands I've ever seen a human being have. And he, he talked to us for like 10 minutes about it. And I've, I can't even, I can't talk about it anymore. So anyway, I'm sure he was making a nut loaf. He did not invite us to have any though. Count your blessings. <laughs> okay. I mean, sure. Uh, the guy who played Stalin, great name for a villain, the feather-haired, you know, 80s yuppie guy. Yeah. Was rude to, he didn't know Steve Holland was a director. He must be a portly man because he talked about that. But he like said something about the director being chubby or something or whatever. He didn't, or the guy, he didn't know he was a director at the time. And then he was there for the audition and he was like, well, you're auditioning for me <laughs> for this part and you're perfect for it. You're a dick. <laughs> so, so we hired him for the role. Yeah. Final fun fact, unlike many movies we've done, this was shot on time and under budget. <gasps> so that's fun. Most Which of Which is, considering, considering the amount of stunts <laughs> they had oh, in this yeah. movie, the skiing stunts, the car stunts, uh, you know, a gaggle of paper boys on bicycles at night in the fog. That was pretty impressive. That is impressive. So uh, it's a delightful film. I would recommend it to anybody looking for a classic 80s movie that... You may not have seen. What are you? Where are you at? I recommend it if you can find it. If you have the power, if you've if the you will. share a Plex account with my friend Rob, you've got access to it. <laughs> if you know our Twitter handle, you can reach out and I will send it to you so you can have it. Yeah. I'm gonna start operating a blockbuster out of my home, a Netflix. Oh yeah. So. Check it out. You, it's it's so good. I'm sure it'll pop up because it was on Netflix for quite a while. I'm sure it'll pop up somewhere soon. Once uh, they're going to start a whole streaming service around it. Just for the Cusack-averse. Yeah. 
Is there anything? Did I miss anything? Is there anything you, you missed? The about? the Russian man's face in the mountain. Other than that, you covered oh, everything. Yeah, yeah. I just Monique is great. I love that John Cusack picks her. I love they go to the Dodger Stadium at the end. It's a, it's just a happy ending for everyone. Yeah. Paperboy didn't die. <laughs> I'm kind of sad they like backed away from that. I was like, no, he's dead. But they showed him alive, and then he rides in to Dodger Stadium at the end. But it's fine. I really like this is a classic. This is a good movie. It's a good movie. It's a good one. You should go watch it. We should go watch it again right now. I uh I'm I'm thinking about watching it with commentary. You know? That's how you know you I've like got, a movie. I've got the Blu-ray. Okay, I've got yeah. the special features. Oh yeah. Well, thank you for listening. You can tell us about tell your friends about us. Tell your moms. Tell your dads. Tell your paper boy. And we're opinion havers, wherever you find a podcast okay. we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on instagram yeah <laughs> out opinion oh, yeah. hours i'll i will send you my copy of this movie so you can enjoy it all right will you yeah i would okay i wouldn't do it for everyone but i would do it for the first person who asks yeah because you only got one copy of it. i only have one copy and i'm not gonna have everyone take turns but if you want to take advantage you just shoot me a tweet you send me a a message on facebook at opinion havers Thank you for listening. Until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. <laughs> Whatever happened to TV dinners? I mean, they're still there. But are they in the little trays with, like separated out in compartments like they used to be? Like it once were? Yeah. Does the brownie still get too hot? Yeah. The potatoes get too nuclear hot? Or and too the cold. meat's still cold. So no, they changed it. So now the tomato, now the tomatoes, the potatoes are now frozen in the middle. Darn! Remember, I mean, there's never been anything hotter than overcooked potatoes for a microwave dinner. Cody, you're hotter than a microwave tomato. <laughs> tomatoes. Oh. oh.